Welcome to Boss of My Money podcast, your number one choice for bite-sized lessons on how to take care of your coins and achieve financial success. I am your host, Esther Bangura, the founder, financial educator, financial coach, and budgeting expert at Boss of My Money. So whether it's improving your money habits, developing a wealthy mindset, becoming debt-free, saving money, or learning how to invest, girl, say no more because you are in the right place. And if you want to get started with paying yourself first and learning how to manage your finance like the boss that you are, why not get your hands on one of my amazing freebies? A free financial wellness checklist at bossofmymoney.com. Now, it's time to put the kettle on, make yourself a cup of tea and join me in today's episode. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Welcome to Boss of My Money podcast, your number one choice for bite-sized lessons on how to take care of your coins and achieve financial success. I am your host, Esther Bangura, financial educator, budgeting expert, and the founder of Boss of My Money. So whether it's improving your money habits, developing a wealthy mindset, becoming debt-free, saving money, or learning how to invest. Girl, say no more because you are in the right place. And if you want to get clear about where you stand financially, why not get your hands on one of my amazing freebies? Stop by at bossofmymoney.com slash minicourse. Now, it's time to put the kettle on, make yourself a cup of tea, and join me in today's episode. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Hiya, welcome to Boss of My Money. This is episode number 45. Are you someone who breaks the rules or someone who follows them? So in today's episode, I'll be talking about the five unconventional ways I manage my personal finance. So when it comes to managing your personal finance, there are some fundamental principles that never change. And if you try to change these principles, you will definitely get yourself into some financial troubles and it can take you longer to reach your financial goals. So for example, if you do not budget, you will lose sight of where your money is going. And as a result, you are likely to not be able to save as much or you find yourself spending beyond your means. So while we must adhere to these financial principles, it's also critical to develop your own method of putting these principles into action. So for example, budgeting is a financial principle, but how you budget can be tailored to your specific needs and circumstances. I have definitely broken lots and lots of conventional rules when it comes to managing my personal finance, but I do that without changing the principles. And I tell you what, it's definitely made managing my money so much more fun. And it means that I've been able to personalize it to suit my situation. And this is also how I help many of my clients. I teach them to do the same, follow the principles but we find a way together how they can personalize it so it's fun for them and it's also achievable. So most of us understand the fundamentals of financial management, 
like living within your means, saving, investing, budgeting, avoiding debt, paying off your credit card balances in full each month, making sure that you have life and health and home content insurance, start start thinking about retirement, the list goes on. We know that we need to do these things. We know what needs to be done. So why don't we do it? I believe that it's because we tend not to know how to adapt the principles into our lives so that they reflect who we are as individuals and how we do things. The truth is that we all have different money personalities and we have different ways of learning and different ways of doing things. So I find that a lot of people, although they know the principles, when it then comes to them, when it then comes to them executing it in their lives, they get stuck because they don't know how to do it in a way that is right for them. So to help put this into perspective and to give you some real life examples, I'm going to now share the five non-conventional ways that I manage my personal finance. These are things that I've done in the past and some of the things that I do now. So number one is that I began budgeting even when I was 800 pounds short every month. Now, most people will say, why are you bothering to budget when you know you don't have money? Like, what are you budgeting for? So although I was broke, yes, I was 800 pounds short every month. Um, The reason why I budgeted was because it helped me to see exactly where my money was going I was able to identify um, areas that I could cut further um, in my expenses. I was also able to have clarity on how much money I needed to earn in order not to be short £800 every month. So budgeting consistently during those months of hardship really helped me to know that, okay, Esther, you can't survive on the salary that you're on. You're going to have to increase your income. And this is how much you need to be earning so that you can pay your bills on time every month so that you can save, invest, and also enjoy the things that you want to enjoy. Number two is that I canceled my credit card. So canceling my credit card, the pro to that is that I was able to become debt-free sooner because it meant that I could then just focus on paying off the balance as opposed to the interest being added on every month and my debt kind of growing, right? And so I will give a disclaimer that because I cancelled my credit card, that it did hit my credit score um, pretty significantly. But at that time, I wasn't really interested in having a good credit score My goals was to be debt-free and to be able to take control of my finances. And I personally didn't think that anybody should be borrowing borrowing me money, um, considering how I didn't know how to manage my finance, how I wasn't good with managing money. So the only plans I had for borrowing money in the future was getting a mortgage. And I kind of knew that, okay, if I had bad credit, as long as I could show them that I didn't have any debts, I was debt-free, that I was past the 12 months of being default and that I had savings and that I was on a good income, that is enough for me to get a mortgage. So I just want you to be aware of that, that although I did cancel my credit card and it did help me to become debt-free quicker, it did have an impact on my credit. So for some of you maybe having good credit 
is a goal of yours for whatever reason. So just be aware of that. But most people just wouldn't. They'll just kind of still pay the minimum payments and the debt will just keep growing and growing and growing. Number three is that I began investing during the pandemic. Crazy, right? So when COVID happened and lockdown happened and we were like in the heart of the pandemic and the stock market crashed, that was when I started investing. And it was a great time because I was debt free and um, we had our four months emergency fund. But it was pretty unconventional because, you know, we dropped down to one income during the pandemic um, because of the lockdown. And so in order for us to start investing, we did sacrifice our fund pot. So where we were paying ourselves £150 a month, you know, as a fund pot each, we reduced this to £50 a month and we were able to sacrifice, you know, some of our fun pot to start investing. And when I started to invest, I only started with £50 because at that time I was still understanding how investing works. I was still developing my investing literacy. So I started with a £50 direct debit into my stocks and shares ISA And then I kind of built on that, you know, every few months I will add an extra 20, 50 pounds on top. Um, And people will probably think, people that don't understand investing will probably think, if you don't understand investing, you probably think, why are you investing when the market has crashed? That is actually the best time to start investing, depending on what you're investing in, because you're buying stocks really, really cheap. You're literally buying them for peanuts with the hope that when those when the market improves and um, the stocks go up, you're able to either sell them later on at a more expensive price. So that's kind of the science behind investing when the stock market crashes. It's great for those that want to get in and it's great for those that are doing long-term investing because they buy low and they're later able to sell high. So number four is that my husband and I, you know, we worked and we still work together um, on our finances. And I work with quite a few couples. And I know that this is something that a lot of couples don't do is that they try to do money separately. And it just doesn't work. Like if you're not a unit and you're not in one accord, it really does drag out your financial goals, you know, you end up getting into more debt than you already are in because you're not on the same picture. And so for me, when it comes to my sort of values and um, my faith, I do believe that couples need to do money together. You know, you need to do your finances together, budget together. You need to talk about your goals. You need to understand what each other, what you and the other person wants and support each other in achieving those goals. This is not a one-man show. You know, when it comes to couples, it definitely isn't a one-man show. You're a unit. It's a partnership. So my husband and I, instead of kind of listening to money advice that said, oh, don't trust don't trust him with your money, keep your account separate, you know, have your separate money, have your, and we do have, like we invest separately, we do. Um, Our emergency fund is joined and we have our own personal saving goals, but a lot of the goals we share and we help each other to achieve both our joint goals and our individual goals. But I just don't believe that whole advice of, 
you know, don't trust your partner with your money. Like if you don't trust them with your money, then why on earth are you sleeping on the same bed with that person that you don't trust with your money? Crazy, right? Um, So for me, that's something kind of that I did that went against sort of the masses is that, you know, my husband and I, we do money together. We don't hide money from each other. We're very open, you know, now, although in the past when I had debt, I kind of kept it quiet. But ever since then, we've just been very open. If I spend money that I shouldn't have, I will come and tell him straight away and I'll either, you know, go back and return the item or we'll figure out a way together to fix it. And finally, number five is that, you know, spreadsheets really baffled me and they still do. (laughs) I'm not like an Excel geek. Um, So when I started budgeting, and that probably put me off budgeting for years because I didn't know how to. And when I'd go online, it was like all these different Excel templates and they were confusing and I didn't understand it. There were all these formulas and I just found it very, very confusing. And I'm one, the minute I get confused, I'm I'm out. You know, that's it, I'm out. You know, I'm I'm not doing it. So I have to always have an easy way of doing things so that I can jump in and get started and then I can figure out the complications later. So for me, I started budgeting with just pen and paper. I went to Woolco, I bought a A4, no, I went to the works and I bought an A4 book And I bought a pencil case, a ruler, a sharpener, a pencil, and an eraser. And I basically drew out my budget. And it was just the best thing ever for me because it really made those numbers kind of jump out of the page. And it made me realize the extent of my financial situation as opposed to just typing it, you know, on a keyboard. And, you know, the delete button is kind of right there. And And I found that when I wrote out my budget using pen and paper, I was able to review it regularly because it was right there. You know, I would just leave it on a desk somewhere. I'll take it around the house with me. And it was just easy for me to get to. Sometimes when we do things on the computer, like once you do it, you close the browser, that's it. You know, but I find just having the notebook, I could look at it you know, my husband could refer to it. It just made budgeting really easier in the beginning. So when it comes to personal finance management, the principles remain constant. They don't change. However, you need to be flexible in terms of the method that you use. And in some cases, the tools that you use to put those principles into action. So as a financial educator, I educate people about money by teaching them the principles that work and then working closely with them either on a one-to-one basis or a group setting to help them identify their unique style and the method that suits them so that they can put these principles into action and get the results that they want. So I hope that... um, you know, the five non-conventional ways that I manage my finances has kind of given you an idea of maybe some of the ways that you can tweak how you manage your personal finance so that you're able to follow the principles because the principles do work, but you're able to um, customize it so that you can do it in a way that is fun for you. And, you know, it makes managing your personal finance so much easier. 
So if you haven't already listened to any of my previous podcast episodes, I'd love for you to be able to tune into them. And if you have any questions for me, then please email them at the email address that's listed within the show notes. I really appreciate you being here as always. Thank you for subscribing to the Boss of My Money podcast and sharing my podcast channel. I will catch you in tomorrow's episode. Thank you again for listening to Boss of My Money podcast with Esther. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. If you would like me to answer any of your questions, you can include your name or it can be anonymous. Send your questions to esther at bossofmymoney.co.uk. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I would really appreciate it if you took the time to also rate and review this podcast on Apple. Stop by at bossofmymoney.com for more details on how to get started on your financial journey and start mastering your budget. Thank you again for listening to Boss of My Money podcast with Esther. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. And if you'd like me to answer any of your questions, you can include your name or it can be anonymous. Send them to me at esther at bossofmymoney.co.uk. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I would really appreciate it if you took the time to also rate and review this podcast as well as share it. Stop by at bossofmymoney.com for more details on how you can get started on your financial success journey. See you again on the next episode.